talking for the first time with each other on um on a on an app thingy to do this over the phone and I thought we were recording and we got started and then I realized I wasn't recording so now we have <laughs> yeah we, we just said that twice y'all <laughs> <laughs> so hello 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 so today hello. we're going to talk about Liz just came back from this really incredible um experience at a conference that we're going to talk about and then um, we're going to talk a little bit more about the healthcare bill, bill that they, uh, the Senate is very grossly and secretively trying to pass before the July 4th recess and how um, we can get involved to, to do that. So yeah, so tell us about your experience and what you were doing last weekend. I want to hear all about it. Yeah, so I didn't go to a conference. That sounds like way cooler oh, sorry. if I were there for a specific reason, but I was just on vacation. So I'm just going to true confessions it up right now with my uh, white privilege. I went on vacation um, to the Pacific Northwest, which many of you may know is one of the whitest places on earth. <laughs> Indeed. So, although actually where I went really was not. I mean, I was in Seattle and I flew into Seattle. And then I drove up to Vancouver, BC, because I've never been there. And everyone always says it's like basically utopia. It and really they would be right. Cool place, they yeah. would be right. <laughs> yeah, it's an incredible uh, but it's, place. But actually, um, you know, Vancouver is very diverse. And I love how it's just this hub for people from all over the world. So in that sense, I did not have a very white experience. Um, but I will check my privilege in that I just got to go on like a weekend getaway <laughs> to visit some places that I really haven't spent time in before. So yeah, it was pretty amazing. Well, that's super, super awesome. And then what did you, who did you interview while you were there? Cause for, maybe that's why I thought you were at a conference. Cause I know that you, did you, I, maybe I'm confused. Help You're me. Confused. Tell me what you did. You're what confused. You, what you've been up but, to. So I went up, so this is what I did. So I flew into Seattle, like I said, and my dear friend, Leonard Wakabamba, lives in, well, he actually lives in Bellevue, Washington. And I know him from my days in New Mexico. He's from Africa. He's from Tanzania. Um, I laughed and stumbled over his name because his, his first name is actually Abia. And you've actually met him before, I've Morgan. I've met him. But. Oh, my gosh. I've had dinner with him. He's a lovely human being. He is a lovely human being. Um, <laughs> fair enough, I probably like should have asked him if I could use his full name on this podcast. However, I um, have to bring up his name because I stumble over his name because when we lived in New Mexico together, he lost his passport, had to take a greyhound from New Mexico to D.C. to the African consulate to get his passport replaced, which, like alone oh is a terrifying experience like can you imagine like it's a week long to get there on greyhound one way so he spent like two full weeks on greyhound which wow. was, like, horrifying. um if you've never been on greyhound uh don't if you can yes. avoid it because it's like definitely sketchy so he goes to get his passport replaced and doesn't really realize until after you know it's too late that they have switched his first name and his last name. So while his name is truly Abia Leonard Wakabamba, 
Now his passport says Leonard Abia Wakabamba. So he just kind of took it as like a blessing trying to work in the U.S. because it's a lot easier to get your resume looked at if your first name is Leonard than if it's Abia, especially with a last name that's not very American or European. Yeah. Um, So now for the last many years, basically the entire time he's lived in the Pacific Northwest, he's gone by Leonard. So even somebody that he introduced me to that moved out here in the Bay Area that he used to work with, knew him as Leonard. So one time Abia came to visit me and we spent the whole weekend, like I'm calling him Abia, this guy's calling him Leonard and it's just total confusion. And now he's, you know, gotten cozy enough with people up in the Pacific Northwest that they call him Leo. So I'm like totally thrown for a loop. He was referring (laughs) to himself by like at least four different names throughout the course of the two days that I was with him. Um, but I digress. Like I've been friends with him for a little over seven years now. I can't believe it. Um, I've been to many cities with him at this point and he's just really a wonderful person to travel with in many ways because yeah, I mean, he just loves to like wine and dine and talk to interesting strangers and he's totally down to explore every, yeah, for everything. So I came up to visit him because he's visited me a few times and loved Vancouver and I was dying to go there so I was just like you know this seems why not like as as good a time of any is now so that's that's why I went there and and honestly like I suppose I could say that in theory although I didn't report it I sort of interviewed him and and his interesting outlook on life spending so much time with him in the car you know I mean he's done so much more extensive traveling than me in addition to obviously um you know not growing up in the U.S. and so even more so he was really fun to go to a place like Vancouver with (laughs) yeah oh I bet that's what I did that's so exciting so what did you guys do while you were there oh my god what did we do um so the first thing that I'll mention that anybody that goes to Vancouver absolutely must go see like rent a car like take a really expensive uber there if you have to like not everyone will do this because it's not in the city but I can't stress enough how much this was an amazing activity so I went to a place called the Capilano Bridge, which Ooh. is this big suspension bridge that is between like two cliffs in this rainforest. Oh, I <laughs> saw like, it from way far away. Like I saw, I saw it, but we didn't drive all the way out there. You can, can you? See, is that the one that you can see from? Um, oh, what's the big national park? Is it Stanley? Oh, from Stanley Park. It's yeah, it's on the way to it, it. Stanley Park is on the way there, so it's totally possible you could see it from there. I didn't notice, but I think we went a different way there and came through Stanley Park on the way back. But um, it's just it's like the most incredible thing ever. Like essentially, like not only is it this gigantic suspension bridge that just gives you this gorgeous look and view of the mountains and the rainforest and this like babbling brook river beneath it and all of that like stuff but they also built all of these like suspension walkways um around the treetops of the rainforest and like around these cliffs like there's like miles of walkway that you so you do this like huge like rainforest tour and yeah sometimes they're literally like you know 50 feet up this tree and other times you're on a cliff and other times you're on a suspension bridge and it's just one of the most amazing things I've ever seen and of course the rainforest is beautiful and wonderful the thing that made me laugh the most though (laughs) which like is becoming more and more common of course like the more we're like a digital obsessed society is that like there were so many people holding us up 
like on different sections of the bridge and the pathways and whatever to take like a ridiculous amount of selfies. Like there's this one couple in front of us on the suspension bridge that I, I, I shit you not, like the bridge is maybe like a hundred feet. Like it's, it's not that long. It probably like if you were just walking the entire time would take you like under a minute to get across. Okay. Like yeah. <laughs> this couple is in front of us. And I swear, they each kept walking one, maybe two steps, and then turning around again and taking another selfie. And, like, you could, there's only, like, two ways you can walk on this bridge. So it's, like, you're blocking at least one of the ways every single time you stop. But they weren't just blocking one of the ways. Like, they were, like, doing enough weird selfie poses. That it was almost like they were zigzagging from one side of the bridge to the other. So they were, like, simultaneously holding up both flows of traffic <laughs> in either direction. Like, just to get, like, the perfect selfie. And I, I was just dying. Like, it's just, like, what, how self-obsessed are we that <laughs> people are doing that? Sticks? Did you see everybody with selfie sticks there? You know what's funny is I actually didn't see that many selfie sticks. It's almost like people are getting so much more accustomed to, to taking them and figuring out creative ways to take good shots. Like, I was surprised. I was definitely expecting it. There were these two Asian women in front of us at one point, too, um, who had like a whole photo shoot planned like we were on part of the pathway that like walks along the rim of this cliff uh-huh and they I, like I, I shit you not like halfway down the cliff maybe so it's like you can look up and see the top of the cliff and then you can look down and you see the river and we're walking and these Asian women are like first of all dressed to the nines they've got their like tights on and they're like brightly colored outfits and they you know they're ready to be photographed and they're like <laughs> one at a time like switching like taking like model photography of each other like the way they're posing is like they're professional models but they're very clearly not because they're just like friends taking a photo of each other like one after the other after the other after the other but like completely blocking the flow of traffic as well and they had it arranged like they had some random dude like i don't know like you know what his relation was to them who was on top of the cliff overlooking them while we were on this oh uh, part God. of the walkway, taking aerial shots of them. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> like, you, you planned this enough that you need to get an aerial shot of, like, this fucking, like, long-ass photo shoot you're doing? I mean, <laughs> I actually have a video of it. Thailand. And these you two, did? Yeah, and these two girls were, I think they were Japanese. And they, okay. I mean, they must have been... They had like a, like a list of all the photos that they wanted with all of the poses that they wanted. And they were in these like amazing bikinis and just looked amazing. And we're like <laughs> back and forth. And then we didn't realize we were just sitting on our patio at our hotel watching them. And then the boat, there was this big like speedboat and they were going on some like speedboat tour with like 50 other people. And we didn't realize that the boat was waiting for them because eventually the boat <laughs> And, like, this dude came to the back of the boat and was like, ladies, come on! And that boat, I mean, they had been there for, like, over 20 minutes taking these photos, and that boat was sitting there. Oh, my God. No, but you know what? They, were, they will have more Instagram photos or Instagram followers than I ever will. That is true. You know, good for them. Good for them. I'm happy for them and, and their amazing Instagram Great, Like, not my style, but I'm happy for you. Okay, can you hear, like, can I tell you the dorkiest thing that happened to me that I'm still, like, completely nerding out about? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so I went to this restaurant called Kisatonta, 
and it was Japanese Italian fusion, which like Ooh. sounds disgusting. Yeah. Well, you would be right because it was absolutely fantastic. It's one of the best meals I've ever had. Um, if you're in Vancouver, go. It's like one of those great places where, <clears throat> excuse me, where if you're you're like walking through Chinatown, like kind of in a bad part of town, mm-hmm. and everything looks really sketchy. There's not a lot of like storefronts going on and it's just this complete hole in the wall and when you step in it's like transformed you know it's like the most beautiful elegant place and okay I'm getting to the nerdy part you're like okay this isn't that interesting but the rest of I I promise this is really you're gonna like flip your shit so this is also a place where like we heard it was popular enough that you it was likely you'd have to wait a long time like I called and there were no reservations left for the night so I was like, let's just chance it. So we're expecting to wait a while. And in fact, like the people that walked in before us were told that they had to wait like 45 minutes to an hour. So I was thinking, you know, the same thing. But two spots at the bar opened up right when we got there. This is still not the nerdy thing, by the way, in case you were wondering. Um, <laughs> I'm like, two spots opened up at the bar and I can't get over it. Um, but two spots opened up at the bar. And, and so we get to sit right away. And my pal and I, are just chatting away, getting our drink orders, like admiring how elegant today is. And, you know, it's like always sort of fun to sit at the bar because, like, you end up potentially, like, socializing with the people next to you sure, or you yeah. have, like, really social bartenders. Like, you have an opportunity to talk to your server a little bit more. I love a good so, sit. Right, exactly. So I was pretty stoked about it. And I was noticing that, like, the, there were these, like, finely dressed ladies on the right of a Bia. And, um, you know, they were eating dessert. So as I do at like nicer restaurants, I was just kind of eyeing all of the food around me, you know? So I'm like, Ooh, like see that amazing looking pasta over there. I see this dessert over here. So to the right, I see it, the most amazing looking tiramisu. And the woman who was eating it, which was next to, who was next to Abia, like starts like, I don't know, you know, like when people kind of eye you in restaurants, like they make yeah. eye contact with you like a couple of times to the point and kind of smile at you to the point where you're like, maybe we'll have conversation so she didn't actually say anything to me but she just like kind of kept smiling over and I didn't know if it was because like my friend and I were being obnoxiously loud or like what sure. it was or if it's, it's like let me also just paint the picture like Avia is a six four like giant black man so it could have been yeah, you know <laughs> her reaction to him as well this is just, like an older white lady um but I shit you not, like, at one point, like, 20 minutes as we're sitting at the bar, Abia, like, must have shifted in his chair because all of a sudden it becomes clear to me who is sitting next to this older woman who's next to him. Guess who it was. Who? Just take a wild guess. Just take a guess. I, I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm scared. I don't know. I can't think of anybody. Who? Blake Lively. What? <laughs> Dude, I'm not even kidding you. She's sitting right next to this woman who we t- it turns out to- is her mom. So oh like, my God, <laughs> what? I know. So I, of course, must have made a face like, what the fuck? Or like basically a face that expressed my, is that who I think it is? Face? Yeah. You know, feeling. Because Abia just like, he like takes one look at my face and then he turns to the right to like see what I'm looking at and then turns right back and just goes, Yep, it is who you think it is, even though I had said nothing. Oh, cool. 
I know. So then we both just spend the next like several millions of minutes like geeking out. Like Abia tries to like. I'm telling him that Blake is because we're on a first name basis. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, we're friends. That, that, we're totally best friends now. I was telling him how like she's married to Ryan Reynolds and whatever. He like didn't really know anything about her, so I was sharing a couple of the facts I know, <laughs> which is not many, but just like a couple of the main ones. Yeah, and he starts like googling her right then i'm like Abia, are you serious you're like sitting next to her mom right now like do not google her while we're still sitting right next to them <laughs> um so that was funny but uh, essentially like there's no real like romantic amazing story after that it's not like we all became best friends and talked a whole bunch or even at all but the one kind of fun thing was that it was clear that the people that did get ballsy enough to come up to her and talk to her i mean she was just like the most graceful nice person in the entire world like it was just so clear that like she's a nice human because yeah. she didn't show any annoyance like and it's not like Aww. the restaurant clearly had her back it's not like a million people were running up there or anything but she was just so so nice that it I don't know like it made me even less so want to like try to engage with her like it was just sort of fun to observe sure to observe you know, like, so that's kind of cool. And just let her be a good human with her, like dinner with her mom, which is also adorable. Like she wasn't like in the no. car with a zillion other super fab town. You know what I mean? Like she just, she was just having yeah. to like a normal person. That's really cool. Like a normal person. Right. And then it's like, oh yeah, Ryan Reynolds is Canadian. So that's probably why she was there. But I just thought it was such a funny, like serendipitous, like fun thing, like this kind of, randomly ran into her at this hole in the wall in this seemingly not so great neighborhood you know the bartender who was our server was telling us after they left because they had obviously they were on dessert once we got there so they've been there for a while obviously and he was like oh yeah like when she was in here another time so i guess she comes there a fair amount he was like i talked to her for like two hours and she's like the most nice interesting person ever and then like I didn't know who she was. <laughs> he was like, later I found out she was like this big star and I just like had no idea because she's so down to earth. So I was like, Aw. Oh, I love that. Okay. The other crazy thing about Vancouver that made it not weird that Blake Lively was there and the fact that she's more beautiful in person than she is on oh TV God, or so in photographs. I'm sure Of course. It's like, I feel that Vancouver, it's like everybody in that city like got together, had a meeting and decided that, like, everyone would be, like, the same level of attractive. Because I feel like everybody there <laughs> is, like, super beautiful and attractive, but not in, like, a fake or, like, you know, overdone or... I thought that, um, too. Yeah, even necessarily stereotypical, you know? Yeah. So it's not that. It's, like, very unique, but, like, everybody has this, like, certain style and look and attractiveness about them that's, like, oh, my God, seriously, did they all get together and, like, decide that's who they'd let in or, like... <laughs> what, right? What like, and like... it's so cosmopolitan there. Like, no matter where you are, it's, you know, everybody's dressed up super cute. You can be in, like, a shitty bar. We stayed, like, just outside of Gastown when we were there. And, I loved like, Gastown. Oh, I did, too. I spent a lot of time there. Oh, I loved it. We stayed... So, you know where the hockey stadium is? Yes. We stayed, like, around the corner from that in, like, one of those big apartment high-rises. It was rad. Ooh, nice. Yeah, it was really, really cool. We did an Airbnb through there. But, yeah, I mean, it was absolutely like that. It was it, everyone from the person who was, like, the, the, like, cashier at the grocery store. Everybody had a really unique level of personal style. It's a really, really cool place to visit. 
Yeah, I'm like, you're all fucking hot. Like, you all, like, have this super chic, interesting style that I aspire to be like. Everyone had, you know, I, I, like, I can't even explain it. It's like, you know, the guys, like, most of them had, like, thick-framed glasses and, like, were sort of, like, uh, a little metro, but not really, you know, like, maybe would wear some, like, printed pattern, like, short-sleeved button-downs, like, you right. see in Silicon Valley, but, like, more fashionable on the bottom like <laughs> I can't even explain it you know and the women are all just like so uniquely beautiful and then of course everybody is from again like different areas of the world or different nationalities mm-hmm. um so it's just yeah it's really unique like we went to this one place called the diamond or diamond bar or something like that in Gastown. you may have gone there maybe and it's the second blur yeah it's the second floor bar <laughs> the blur well, this like was like a Twilight Zone experience because this was like the end of the night bar that we went to. We were like, where can we get some like end of the night food where a place is still serving like it's like midnight or something. And they're like, oh, that this bar across the street serves like sushi and all this fancy ass stuff like until like 2 a.m. So we're like, okay, we look across the street and the building outside looks not good, really. So it was like, <laughs> oh, great. Like, where, this is going to be awesome. You know, we're across climbing up these creepy stairs to go to this place that has like sketchy sushi but we get up there and it's like we walk into the room and it like unfolds into like one of the most beautiful upstairs bars I've ever seen like it reminds me like very southern like very Louisiana in like the sense that it like had a like a lot of white trim but like you know there were like pillars instead of um not (laughs) you know I don't know how to explain it in a way other than that it like uh just looks like the kind of houses that you would find in the south and it had all of these beautiful lights and you could see this this amazing view of Gastown itself like all of the brick roads and all of that so that was kind of crazy but it was like the twilight zone because it was the moment it was the first time I was there and it was the moment that I realized that everyone was like beautiful and like all dating sleeping with each other as well because they're all the same level of beautiful because I walk in and it's like everyone's having like these the most decadent sushi like I've ever seen and I shit you not like they're playing like the best hip-hop and pop playlist I've ever heard like one song after like Kendrick Lamar like one song after the other after the other I'm like this is like exactly what I want to hear right now what is happening like this is amazing and then it's like I'm also observing the fact that, like, at most of the tables in this bar, there are groups of, like, maybe six to eight people, and it's, like, impossible to tell who is coupled with whom, because one second, somebody's, like, all up on one dude, and another second, they're all up on another, and then they're even switching back and forth between tables, and I'm like, are they all dating each other? Like, is everyone polyamorous because you're all so beautiful and can't, like, resist? You know, it's just, like, it was so funny, because I was just, like, this is, like, an alternate universe you know it's like you don't find a lot of special places like that i feel like in the u.s yeah. necessarily um I and it was like just, it's it's a place wild. not super well and like like obviously we both have like we were on vacation so i i mean maybe i have no idea but it doesn't seem to be as burdened by like social rules as everywhere else like it, it yeah, seems yeah. so much like it's like people are just there. They're if they're out, they're enjoying themselves. They're having a good time, and none of n- nothing else really matters. Like there's great food there. All of the cocktails that I had were insane and were beautiful. It was just uh, yeah, you know what I mean. It was but just like right. hey, come have a good time and drink and eat amazing stuff. Yeah, but you're right. It is sort of like a no judgment attitude. Like it's sort of like 
weed is not legal there, but there are smoke shops, you know, it's like, they're like, but you can only smoke in them after 3 p.m. Like, which, like, has no basis to it. Like, yeah. from what I understand, it's just like, you know, let's be reasonable here. Like, right. let's not do that as much as 3 p.m. We're like, but yeah, it's like no judgment. You can be whoever you want. You can be with whoever you want and however many people you want. Also, at least the Canadians who live there, the actual Canadians, are like some of the most nice, generous, most generous people that I've met. I mean, people went out of their way to give us recommendations or like to give us directions somewhere, even if it was like a, right across the street. They'd be like, yeah. go to that exact crosswalk and then try this on the menu and then ask for this. And like people just really were so nice. I was really sort of like, man, America sucks. Everybody's so mean. I know. <laughs> I know. People were like holding the door for me for no reason. You know, and, and it was like yeah, other from women. like a block away. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And it was like yeah. other women who'd be like, yeah, I mean, it was like, yeah, we had that same experience too. I, I was only there for, for like three days. So we were only there for like two and a half, yeah. really. But I want to yeah. go there so bad. Oh my God. I just, I, yeah, I, I didn't even scratch the surface there, but I definitely loved the combination of exploring the city and then also doing like some of the outdoors, rainforesty stuff. Um, but you definitely couldn't get enough like good food and good people. And I mean, it just, it, it's hard to beat. Like I, and I love to just like really the amount of conversations that people were willing to have with me at restaurants and bars, like people that lived all over the world, like, one of our bartenders had just moved to Vancouver one week before. Um, oh, wow. He was, from, yeah, he was from Barcelona, and then he worked in Australia, and then he worked in the UK, and then he had just moved to Vancouver, and it was just, like, you know, wild. And it's like you have a French bartender, and then you go to the next bar, and people are speaking Spanish. Like, it's, I love that, too. It's like people were more freely speaking their own languages. Like, it just is so different. <laughs> So different. It's really, and cool. I, it was a funny. I don't know if you've heard this about Seattle, but it was a funny juxtaposition for me because I don't everybody Seattle. that I know, yeah, everybody that I know that lives in Seattle says that the people are like it's super hard to make friends. Like people are much colder there. They're n definitely not willing to like have like casual combo with a stranger at a yeah. bar, that kind of thing. I can definitely like, feel that. Well, it's a huge, crazy like flip from being in Vancouver and then going out the next night in Seattle and feeling like, oh man, America, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> we everyone, like, reverse way. We did Seattle first, so we were like, uh, and then we got to Vancouver last, and we're like, ah, like, yay! Yeah, yeah, you did it the right way for sure, because I was just like, this is strange, like, I, and the only thing I really could think, which sounds really dumb, but maybe there is some basis to it, is just truly that they miss the sun that much, they're just like kind of depressed you know there honestly is something to that I mean Portland is a little bit yeah. like that too in the winter nobody's really talking to each other in the summer you know people will come out and be like fine day and you like meet your neighbors finally like that that kind of stuff <laughs> really happens but I think too Seattle is so big in such a small area that it, yeah. it's just like I, it's just like nobody has any time it, it just that's how everybody treats you right like they have no time for you so, and it's, I mean, like, you would think you would experience that same kind of thing in New York, but you don't. People, have, I've, I've always had really great experiences with people in New York and Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, like, un almost unlike any city I've been to in the U.S. Like, I do agree that European and now I think Canadian cities are much friendlier in that way or more uh -huh. communal or something. 
but uh, yeah, Seattle was like one of the worst in terms of not being friendly that I've experienced, which just really yeah, surprised me. I didn't expect that. Yeah, we yeah. felt out of place the entire. We were only there for three days too, but we felt really out of place the entire time. And I went to see Queen Bay last year. Um, oh, in Seattle, and like that was a really different experience because it's just you and sixty thousand other people in one spot. Right. Like, you know, yeah. I didn't really have time to like actually talk to anybody from Seattle, but it was still the same kind of thing. Like you're always lost, you know, and people are mad that you don't <laughs> know where you're going, and you're always like turning left when you should be going right, and. It was just hard. That place is hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, well, I guess I should be grateful that I had some tour guides in the, in the Seattle Lake because I didn't have to really try to rely on anybody um, from there. But I definitely did just notice just being out and about that people just had such a different demeanor than in Vancouver. So anybody who wants to visit the Pacific Northwest, make sure that you pop over to Vancouver if you can because... It's, uh, it's, a, it's a game changer, in my opinion. Also, if you drive there, then you don't have to get a visa. Because I hear if you... Yeah. Isn't it true if you fly there, you have to get a visa to, Actually, to visit? No, I think it's if you stay for more than two weeks, you have to get a visa. Um, but oh, I okay. Wrong. I okay. didn't. We drove, so I didn't look at, at why. We drove all the way through. We went up to Seattle, and then we took the ferry out to Victoria, and we're there for a couple of days. And then if you like add that to your list, because Victoria is incredible. It is such a cool, cool island. And then um, took the ferry over to Vancouver and then drove. It's only six hours from um, Vancouver to Portland. That's sad. We didn't get to see each other. We could have met on the Capulano Bridge. I know. We've <laughs> always been, we, like the last two times, we've been so close yet so far. It's true. <laughs> it's true. One of these days. One of these days. I know. Well, I see we're going to Alexander Hamilton in a month and a half. Yeah. In like oh, my God. Okay. One of my coworkers who has seen it already out here knows the date that, I, that we're going. And she comes up to me all the time and is like, countdown. And today she came up to me. She's like, five weeks. <laughs> I was oh. like, I didn't even realize it was that soon. That's I'm amazing. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I am pretty excited, too. So, yeah, anyway, that was my trip. Yay! I don't think I really have anything else, like, that interesting to report. I mean, I just, if anything, it just, like, and I guess the Pacific Northwest, just because I've read a lot that, about polyamory there, like, I was thinking about that a bit while I was there. And, you know, Vancouver, like, I, I tend to, like, occasionally be a little frigid about that. Like, I don't know if it's just because I'm insecure or if it's because, I'm just a monogamous kind of person or whatever it is. But I did appreciate like being around people where it was clear, like whether they were polyamorous or not, like, like you said, they're like not judgmental in terms of how they're expressing themselves, um, no matter what that may be. And I think it was good for me to be around that and be around a lot of women who were expressing that. Um, because like how better to live like than just like accepting and empowering women for who they are and if they can be um if they want to be with multiple people or whatever um and it's like a safe awesome environment you know oh the other thing is like i don't think i got cat called once yeah while i was there i, I mean there was no cat calling um you know again if anything people might have come up and like asked me uh you know for money i did get that a couple of times but i didn't get any cat callings it just really seemed like a safer place for women and a place where women 
express themselves in such a, a strong way that I don't necessarily witness every day here that, yeah, I, I, that's, I guess that's all I want to say about that. But it just, it made me very happy to be in that environment because um, it's a good example for us, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, and I'm yeah. glad you got to go on vacation. You've been working super hard, so it's super great. And, like, and what I thought you were doing, for some reason, I thought you were like still working out there. So I'm glad to know that you were not. I was not. <laughs> great. Thank you. <laughs> so should we should we flip our switches and, and talk yeah. for a momentito about healthcare and just the fact that we know that over the next two weeks it's gonna be a super hard push and all that jazz? Yeah, yeah. I mean I think I think the big thing to keep in mind and the reason um and I, I'm sure most of you kind of already know um what's going on, but after the health care bill passed the House and of course goes into the Senate for revision. Um, and they, the Senate has uh, Mitch McConnell, Senate, 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 um, Senate, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell or Turtle Man has decided <laughs> that he like they're they're doing all of the revisions to this bill um, and in secret. So they're doing it in closed closed session, which means that our Democratic um, senators and uh, I mean and the Republican senators who are not on that committee. Um, are not going to have a chance to hear what the bill, what is even in the bill before it's voted for. So what they're trying to do is go sneaky, sneaky, backdoor. yeah, and, uh, and they need 50 votes because they're doing it through, I listened to a whole thing on um, the New York Times podcast, The Daily this morning. So shout out to them for like talking about that today, because otherwise, like, this is not me knowing this. This is me having learned it this morning. Um, <laughs> hey, but that's great. Right? Yeah. So um, they are, they're passing this as part of a budget reform bill. So they're passing it under what's called reconciliation. So that means that the Republicans only need 51 votes in the Senate. And since the, um, since the vice president, since Mike Pence is, is the tiebreaker vote and he is a Republican, they know they can count on him. So technically they only need 50 senators. Um, typically you need 60 um, if you're just passing legislation, but they're being sneaky by passing it all as, as a budget, as like budgeting reform and packaging. Um, so, Ugh. yeah. So basically what's happening is that they're lobbying for votes on this bill to, you know, for people who haven't seen it. And so like, there's a lot of um, really kind of interesting rhetoric going on with the Republican senators who have yet heard, who have not yet heard anything about the bill, like Lisa Murkowski, some of the more moderate people. Um, and they're talking, they're very upset, obviously, that they're being asked for their vote on this bill. Um, and there's no, there's no information on it. We're not going to get, or at least it's my understanding, and correct me, Chuggernauts, if I am wrong, I don't think we're going to get a new CBO score before, after the revisions are made and before um, the vote is happening. So, so Mitch McConnell is trying to push this vote through before the July 4th recess, which is the end of next week. Um, to get this thing oh passed, and it would officially repeal Obamacare and smack Trump care in there. Um, and honestly, unless they make Trump care look almost exactly like Obamacare, it's a shit bill. It's, it's absolutely a shit bill. And, you know, the, some of the, um, I listen to Pod Save America all the time too, and they talk uh, at length about a lot of these things. And The Weeds is also another incredible podcast for you for, to listen to just to like get into the nitty gritty about policy. Because especially for healthcare, like when we did our episode, we talked about how 
we just really didn't like this is something that if you either really know or you're like i think that you know what i mean like it's very like nebulous in a lot of its um in a lot of its structure and things like that so these podcasts are really really helpful to listen to yeah um, agreed <laughs> yeah um and so you know it, it i think there was one revision that some um, one of the members of the of the Republican committee who is is revising this bill that like gave three more million people back their health insurance but that's still 20 million that would lose it oh, wow yeah like yeah. you know oh, any, guys. like <laughs> any million people losing health coverage like i mean in an, in an ideal world like one person losing health coverage should be something that they should give a shit about but yeah you know like bring like cool you gave like, they did the, like, glass half full, like, well, three million more people will keep their insurance. It's like, yeah, but what about the other 20 million fucking people that will not? Yeah. So, in yeah. other words, like, this is really <laughs> scary. Um, things like this, like, they, they were referencing when um, Hillary Clinton was kind of put in charge uh, under the Clinton administration. She was put in charge of kind of overhauling health care um, in the 90s. And they were playing snippets of like how outraged, you know, all of the Republicans were that they weren't going to see exactly where she was going to get the money for it. It was like oh she, they were negotiating her budget for it. Um, and she like they, they played a clip on the daily this morning of her saying like, well, I can't say exactly where this money is going to come from. I'm working that out. But because they were like, well, we're not going to pass the bill if we don't know where the money's coming from. She's like, well, it is going to come, but I just don't know from where yet. And, uh, <laughs> and so like listening to their response there and then applying it here where they're basically trying to cl like close door the nation's healthcare policy. It's just really, it's sickening and it's really, it's really awful. So what we need to do. And it's also like, it's also so hypocritical just to say really quickly, because I feel like a lot of people are also like on, our, on, on the liberal side trying to point out like how much Obama made it a transparent process and like right. included so much input, which is how it became so watered down to begin with. But like, that is how our democracy is supposed to work. And it's like, they still gave a big old stink that like it wasn't enough or it wasn't inclusive enough of a process. And then they're doing something like this. It's just like so incredibly hypocritical. Yeah. It really is. Anyway, absolutely so what really we should do. Well, what we should do, um, and Pots of America was also mentioning this, that, that calls coming through the Senate have been low. And this is not the time to do that. This is not the time to lose steam. Um, Liz actually just told me about something, and I'm super new to this, and now I'm, like, obsessed with it. Um, it is called five, the number five, calls, C-A-L-L-S dot org. And there's also an app associated with it. And it shows you, it picks up your um, zip code. It tells you. Um, something that, that everybody is stressing, um, call your representatives and senators. Call your senators because senators can really only tally those calls when they're from their direct constituents. As much as we yeah. would love to like give Mitch McConnell a call and be like, fuck you, Mitch McConnell, we can't do that. We've got to call, we've got to compel <laughs> Mitch McConnell like you. to do that. And to, you know, be nice. When you call and you talk to these people, be nice. We can, we can start this fight 
Um, and this is all, I'm all take, I'm taking like exactly all this stuff from Pod Save America because they said like, you know, the girl who's like answers the phone and tallies it is not the person voting on this bill. Don't yell at her. Or, you know. Yeah. Fill them with kindness. That yeah. is always a more effective strategy. Like always. And remind <laughs> them too that like we can, we can be effective. We can be everywhere and we can do it without being aggressive. We have to take all of that aggressive speech and all of that, like, like we just can't do that. Like, I'm in the safety of my own podcast, and that's why I'm going to call Mitch McConnell a, a turtle man. But, <laughs> you know, but, like, don't, you know, take to Facebook if you want to do stuff like that, I guess. But, you know, if, if we're trying to actually... Don't do that, though. <laughs> yeah, don't. Actually, don't. And don't tag me in it. I never want to read any of that shit. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get all kinds of comments now. Right? <laughs> From our, like, four listeners. Someone do it. Sorry, <laughs> don't be listening. Um, Someone troll Morgan. We dare you. <laughs> <laughs> My like, I have like family members that troll me anyway. But uh, you know, so like, let's let's start trying to flip the script on this stuff and and be effective and communicative and articulate. Um, there are tons of scripts online for so that you don't even have to like have like I read a script. I call and I read a script because I get freaked out. That's what five calls is. That's what five calls is. Yeah, yeah. And so like, I get super scared when I'm on the phone. Yeah. Um, I like, I'm like, I am, um, like, I hate being on the phone. And so like those scripts are really easy. They're really great to use. And just, you know, we got to stay on top of this stuff. We can't let like, you know, all of the ridiculous tweets and Kofife and all that shit, like distract us from, from what's going on with this healthcare policy. This is like the most immediate thing coming up that I think we really, as part of the resistance need to respond to. Oh my God. Yeah. Don't, let's not let this one slip by guys. We got this. Yeah, let's make a lot of noise. And then when everybody is, let's look and see who, like, how that vote turns out. And let's show up at, at town halls when they're on break. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Sounds awesome. And keep it better not be your fault, listeners, if you don't do something about Seriously, it. Seriously, listeners. <laughs> anyway. Bye, guys. And, um... You know, here's some housekeeping things. My dear friend, Julie Hendren, who is the artistic director of Trick Walk Theater Company um, that puts on, like, the coolest international theater festival out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's truly incredible, the work she does. Um, is going to be on the pod on Friday for Feminist Friday. And then um, RSVP on Facebook to The Handmaid's Tale. So next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Or no, sorry. Western time, <laughs> Pacific time, what the hell? Western time. Western time. Western time. Um, I mean, California and Oregon time, so Pacific time. Um, at 7 o'clock, or maybe it's 7.30. I don't remember. Anyway, look on Facebook. It knows. Okay, 7. And um, we're going to live watch Handmaid's Tale, the first episode. No, we're not, because that's illegal, but maybe we no, will. No, we're not. No, we're not, but we might. We is might. It really, is it really? We might be watching we might be watching it. <laughs> we're not gonna. We're not gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna live comment it. We're gonna live, live gonna talk about it. Keep it vague. Let's just keep it vague. But we really want to watch Handmaid's Tale because we both read it, and so many people have been reading it, and it's always kind of fun to see like how it changes when it's it's brought to film. And I think we need to like use something to keep fueling us because, like you said, Pod Save America is saying that calls are low. People are kind of slipping into this, like, going back to their everyday lives, which is understandable because a lot of shit is happening. 
Um, but let's keep it going. We got to yeah. keep it going. And when you guys do stuff, it inspires me to do stuff. So Agreed. let's get on. <laughs> Agreed. And yeah, find us on Facebook Twitter, and Instagram as soon as I actually post on it. We're on there. So fi- like, follow us. But like, I'm, I need to do it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and subscribe. Oh subscribe. Our website is www.chugchat.com 